This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Ever podcast. And welcome to the preview show brought to you by the No Near Never podcast. I'm your usual host, Natalie Bromley, but joining me as ever is the headliner of the preview show, the main man himself, Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, welcome. Hello, Natalie. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. I'm looking forward to some structure in tonight's programme. I very much enjoyed the uh, main podcast, but we're back to a structure for the uh, preview show. Yeah, it was a little bit chaotic, wasn't it? Was the Copac pool party? <laughs> Bless them. Them pesky kids trying to take over, I believe. I've only listened to about three quarters of it so far, but I'll certainly listen to the bits where they're plotting some political coup to try and overthrow the podcast and and, and kick me off them. Pesky kids, Dave. So, yeah, uh, like most kids need reminding by their parents, I did remind them that, you know, it's not just a case of turning up on a Tuesday and recording. They do actually have to do some work behind the scenes. So I just, you know, offered to hand over the reins for them to see what we do uh, you know, aside from recording, and, and funnily enough, they're not so keen, Dave. They, they've gone quite quiet. Yeah, they, they could try this one week. That would be an interesting change, wouldn't it? Sure, yeah, because this is definitely not chaotic. This is definitely structured. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was. It was honestly, it was a, it was a lot of fun. And uh, like I say, we, we tried something uh, listeners a little bit more casual this week, and a bit of a, a sit down with a cup around the table discussion, um, born very much out of the fact that I think sometimes before we go on air, when we're all together and we, we're throwing ideas around about what we want to talk about in the podcast we often get some of our best discussions and they don't always translate to the formalities of the podcast so we wanted to to try a slightly different format this week so I hope you enjoyed it if you haven't um, had a chance to listen yet please do um and you know as ever drop us your comments or suggestions but Dave enough of that it's not about the Copac Pool show it's the Dave Roberts show and we are of course back with another jam-packed episode of the preview show um looking forward ahead to the Spurs game at home this weekend but before we get into the nitty-gritty of the actual game itself we have to give our listeners the answer to a quiz question now last time we asked you no Burnley player scored at the Hawthorns in the 1970s 1980s or 1990s 
So who scored the Clarets' first away goal at West Brom for over 30 years in the 1-1 draw in November 2000? Dave, put our listeners out of their misery. What was the answer? The correct answer was, and you didn't get this because we did discuss it no. after, last, last, after the show last week, uh, it was Graham Branch. Graham D. Branchio, legend in his own right. Um, did we get any correct answers this week, Dave? We did. We had a flurry of correct answers this week. We had uh, David Entwistle got in touch with the correct answer, Andy Richings, uh, Chris Yates as well, and John Robertson. They all knew that it was Graham Branch. And we had, I think we had answers from every source. So we had uh, Twitter, Facebook, email. We obviously give you the different ways to get in touch when we uh, when we mention the quiz question at the end of the show um i think we had a, a response from every format which was uh, really good we did we had one from the website as well so somebody uh, the website as well yeah, the, the website yeah. link yeah. yeah so yeah excellent guys look at that variation variation to our listeners excellent well we will of course have another themed quiz question for you at the end of the preview show so do stay tuned and dave will set you this week's homework opposition stats so let's move on to actually preview sh- previewing um, this weekend's game. And the Clarets are, of course, at home to Tottenham Hotspur, which was, interestingly, probably about the last time we saw a game live as fans. Um, it's being played Monday the 26th of October at 8 o'clock, and this one is live on Sky Sports Premier League. No pay-per-view this week. Um, Dave, why don't you kick us off by giving us some of the recent history? Yeah, recent history. Since uh, 2009-10, Spurs have visited Turf Moor on seven occasions. Uh, Six of those were in the Premier League and uh, they did come for one FA Cup tie as well. Uh, Burnley have won twice out of those seven. We've drawn uh, three times and we've lost twice. Uh, The two home victories in the last decade were an impressive 4-2 comeback win. That was in the last match of the 2009-10 season with Burnley trailing 2-0 at half-time, although you may recall we'd already been relegated by that stage, so it was a bit of a a damp squib at the end of the season, but a a positive way to go out, if you will, um, after a a disappointing second half to the season, uh, a very good win against Spurs. And the other win is something we'll talk about in a little bit more detail in the next section. Ooh, exciting. Well, why don't you talk us through then, please, because we move on to last season's meeting. Highlights and lowlights. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll change the order around slightly here. Uh, in terms of the last win and last top flight win, um, and it's also a highlight for this week as well, so it's, it's covering three categories. Um, Spurs were the visitors to Turf Moor in February 2019. Uh, the first half was goalless, but after 57 minutes, Burnley won a corner, which the Spurs players disputed. Uh, however, Dwight McNeil's delivery found Chris Wood, who headed Burnley into the lead. Uh, but within 10 minutes, Spurs levelled. Uh, the fourth official collected the ball for Danny Rose to take a quick throw in near the dugouts in front of the Bob Lord stand. Uh, he stole at least 10 yards, but found Harry Kane, who continued into the box and finished with a low shot past Tom Heaton. However, Turf Moor was rocking again when Ashley Barnes side-footed in Johan Berg-Gubbinson's pass to score what proved to be the winning goal. And you may remember at the end of that match, that was uh, when uh, Mauricio Pochettino confronted referee Mike Dean at the end of the game to add a little bit of extra drama to the occasion. So, yeah, that was uh, Burnley's last win, uh, last top flight win, and also our highlight for this week. But since then, we did mention about last season's meeting. Uh, Spurs, and you touched on this uh, at the top of the show as well, uh, Spurs were last at Turf Moor early this year on the 7th of March. 
uh, which for a lot of Burnley fans may well have been the last football game they went to. Um, the following weekend's matches were when we were supposed to go to Manchester City. They were postponed due to the issues arising from the COVID-19 pandemic. And following a break of over three months, teams have been playing behind closed doors ever since. And for the record, that last game uh, from last season, uh, when Spurs were up at Turf Moor, it finished uh, Burnley 1, Spurs 1. Uh, Delhi Alley's second half penalty cancelled out Chris Wood's first half opener. Oof. What a lot of information to take in there, Dave. That's it, it's, it's bringing up a lot of feels, is that, for, from uh, the last time we played Spurs to this one with everything that's going on. So lots to digest. Well, obviously, we've already been through the highlight. Um, what about the low light? I, I imagine there's quite a few with Spurs, and I've got a feeling that I think I know which one you might be taking us to. Uh, well, yeah, the low light, well, the, 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 there's a, a number of ones I could have chosen. For the actual low light this week, um, I've gone back to uh, just before Christmas 2017. Uh, the Clarets were riding high in the Premier League and a victory on the evening of Saturday the 23rd of December. That would have taken us back up to joint fourth place if we'd have won. And that would have been level on points with Liverpool. Uh, but a rampant Spurs team dashed any hopes of that as Harry Kane scored a hat-trick in a convincing 3-0 win for the visitors from North London. However, things might have been different if a couple of incidents early in the game had been viewed differently. Or dare we say it, if VAR had been available for a second look at the time, which of course it's uh, in the pre-VAR days. Um we, on our sheet here, when we're looking at it, we've actually got a little video of both the, both the incidents. Yeah, first, I'm looking at it now. <laughs> the first incident um, was when Deli Alley uh, received a yellow card. He dived in on a challenge on Charlie Taylor. It seemed to be a very that was such a bad challenge. Yeah, it seemed to be a very strong case for it being a straight red due to the uh, re- recklessness and the speed involved. Um, but Michael Oliver only gave him a yellow card. It was very early on in the game, Obviously. It was the fourth minute. Um, but then a few minutes later, it was Ali again, uh, went down rather theatrically in the box, um, basically challenging with uh, Kevin Long, uh, went down and it was a penalty uh, and Harry Kane converted the penalty. And he also went on to score twice more in the second half and uh, Spurs won that game 3-0, disappointing as not winning just before Christmas and uh, coming away just a couple of days before Christmas. It was an evening kickoff, if you remember, mm, late afternoon, early evening kickoff. Um, and yeah, disappointing for Burnley fans to uh, to come away with a, a three nil defeat. So that's our low light for this week. Yeah, Deli Ali is a player I strongly dislike. Just strongly dislike him. Um, did you? I did wonder actually whether you would go with um, the capital punishment season, the season two thousand and nine. Um, are you limiting these to, to playoffs? I probably suspect uh, well, to Premier League, not playoffs. Uh, well, no, it's funny you should mention that. That was one of the considerations, but I'm covering that in our next section, which uh, brings Ooh. us on to neat, neatly, which is our villain. Heroes and villains! Go for it, Dave. Who's the villain? Well, yeah, well, we're going we're gonna to swap it around. We do heroes and villains every week, and I think um, it'd be good if we could get some uh, feedback from listeners on this as well. We said about getting answers to quiz questions. Um, if you're not very good on quizzes and want to get in touch and give us some ideas on uh, heroes and villains, so players who you can pick out from previous matches. Uh, Obviously, for this, we'll be considering the next game, which will be uh, Chelsea at home. So we're interested specifically in heroes and villains for Burnley v Chelsea games that have taken place at Turf Moor. So if you want to do that, uh, get in touch with us and uh, and let us know. But for this week, going back, uh, the villain I've chosen 
Uh, I was tempted to go for Deli Ali, um, but I haven't done because we've covered him in the previous section. So this week's villain is Roman Pavlyuchenko. Ah, there we are. Yeah. Boom. Uh, back in 2009, Burnley reached the semi-finals of the Carling Cup and were drawn to play Spurs. After taking the lead in the first half of the first leg at White Hart Lane, Burnley went on to lose 4-1. So we had a really tough task uh, when Spurs travelled north for the second leg. However, on a very memorable night at Turf Moor, a Robbie Blake free kick in the first half, followed by late second half goals by Chris McCann and Jay Rodriguez, gave us a 3-0 win after 90 minutes on the night. Sadly, due to a quirk in the competition rules, it meant that away goals didn't count until after extra time had been played. Otherwise, Burnley would have gone through on away goals there and then. As it was, another 30 minutes had to be played, with just over two minutes of extra time remaining. Our villain, Roman Pavlyuchenko, scored to break Burnley hearts. And to make it worse, Jermaine Defoe even got another goal after that. Uh, So for denying us our first major domestic cup final since 1962... Roman Pavlyuchenko is our villain of the week. Yeah, I do wonder whether we should actually put him as our hero as well, though, because I think most of us, once we've got over that game, um, credit that loss at home against Spurs as the driving force behind us reaching the playoffs in Wembley that season. Um, I think there was such a shift in determination after we crashed out of the Carling Cup, as it was then, um, that I think a lot of people say that there was sort of like a steely-eyed determination in the squad and the manager after that, wasn't there, to, to still get to Wembley irrespective. And, and, and that might have proven to be the, the drive we needed to get us over the line for the playoffs that year. So maybe, Dave, he gets hero as well. But let's see who you did pick as this week's hero. I've got a better hero for this week. Um, Go on. Although we were knocked out by Spurs in that Carling Cup semi-final, one player in particular stood out for Burnley among a team performance which very nearly resulted with us getting to a Wembley final. That player and our hero for this week is Robbie Blake. Yes, he was amazing that game. It was incredible, as well as scoring from a cheeky free kick, which he curled around the wall and in past uh, Ben Anik. Uh, Robbie was his imperious best that night, running at defenders, jinking this way and that, and being generally unplayable for a lot of the time. As well as scoring the first goal from that free kick, which we mentioned, he was heavily involved in Burnley's two other goals. He made a run and cross for the second, and he played the free kick in, which led to the third goal, which, of course, Jay Rodriguez scored. Um, It's been said before, but really he was a little magician on the pitch that night. Uh, Despite the disappointment of missing out on the Carling Cup final, as we know, we did eventually get the opportunity to see Burnley play at Wembley at the end of that season. Uh, Wade Elliott scored the winning goal against Sheffield United, and we gained promotion back to the top flight for the first time in 33 years, and got the chance to see Robbie Blake and the nucleus of that team from 2008-9 playing in the top division of English football. Excellent. Right. I'm oh, I'm very torn as to whether or not I'm going to let you discuss this next section or whether I just skip it and, and, and pull rank on you, but... It worked very well last week. Well, OK, then. One last chance. Go on. What is the one to watch, Dave? It's the one to watch. Well, yeah, it, it is debatable whether it is a good or a bad thing, but in, in our last preview show, we picked out West Brom's Kyle Bartley as our one to watch. But with six changes to Albion's starting eleven last Monday, he didn't even play. But at least that meant he wasn't able to score either, unlike some of the earlier games this season. So this time around, we're definitely going to avoid Harry Kane and uh, Hung Min uh, Son as well. They've both been scoring goals for fun so far this season. So instead, we've chosen to highlight one of Jose Mourinho's summer signings, who is 
Pierre-Emile Heuberg. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, although the 25-year-old Dane was signed from Southampton for a reported fee of £15 million, it was perhaps a surprising signing, and it's fair to say he wasn't a name that met with universal acclaim. However, we've seen already how he's been able to fit into the midfield at Spurs, and he's been at the heart of a lot of the good things they've achieved in the early part of the season. Jose Mourinho's clearly identified a player to fit into the system he wants to play, and so far he's been able to do just that and become the engine room of a midfield that continues to create numerous chances, which Kane and Son have been able to convert. He's also played every minute of Spurs' five Premier League games so far this season, and we're certainly expecting him to be in the starting eleven on Monday. So for those reasons, Pierre-Emile Hoyberg is our one to watch. Yeah. Patrick incoming. Um, who's going to be in charge of uh, monitoring the game then, Dave? Who's our referee? Uh, well, we've mentioned him already uh, when we chose Ooh. our low light. When a cruel twist of fate, Michael Oliver oh, of Ashington in Northumberland has been appointed to referee the match on Monday night. Um, he's the son of former referee Clive Oliver, who was himself on the Football League list of referees between 2004 and 2011. Oliver Jr. is still only 35, but he joined the Football League list of referees way back in 2007. He was only 22 at the time and has been on the select list, which are used for Premier League games since 2010. He's refereed 21 previous Burnley matches, of which we've won seven, drawn four and lost 10. And of the four red cards issued in those 21 matches, three have been to Burnley players, one to Chris Eagles, one to Michael Duff and another to Jeff Hendrick. Um, Michael Oliver actually refereed five Burnley matches last season. It seems uh, odd to get one referee for so many matches. But yeah, we had him five times last season. Um, He was in charge of our one all draw at Brighton. Got a a late equaliser through Jeff Hendrick. Um, He was also in charge of the home defeats against Chelsea and Aston Villa. And he was also in charge when Norwich knocked us out of the FA Cup. And the only win we had in those five matches was the 1-0 victory at West Ham in July. Um, he was also in charge of the Merseyside derby last weekend and will be perhaps be hoping for a less controversial match this week. Uh, meanwhile, Craig Pawson will be on video assistant referee duties at Stockley Park. Excellent. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Well, let's not leave it there, Dave. Let's let's give our listeners a little bonus treat because I know you and I know that depth of knowledge that you have. So why don't you delve into the bank of Statman Dave and give us your miscellaneous stat of the week? Well, I've got two stats this week. So number oh, one... Dave, no. greedy. <laughs> number one is <laughs> Burnley have faced teams managed by Jose Mourinho on nine previous occasions. Uh, twice against Chelsea five times against Manchester United and twice against Spurs. And in those nine games, we've yet to win. There have been four draws for the Clarets and five defeats. And Sean Dyche has been in charge of Burnley for all those nine games. So we're hoping for that well-known phrase, 10th time lucky this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) And number two. Uh, A more positive one for number two, I hope. Uh, Spurs are the only team out of the so-called Big Six Premier League clubs that Burnley have beaten twice at Turf Moor in the Premier League era. Those wins we've already mentioned in uh, 2009-10 and also in 2017-18. We'll be hoping we can go one better and make it a hat-trick of home wins with a victory on Monday evening. 
Definitely. Well, before Dave and I have a quick look at what we're expecting from the game on Monday night, um, we have an opposition view this week. Um, producer Matt sat down and talked to this week's... Um, sorry, what are they called? I can't even find where they call Last word on Spurs. The last word, that's it. I wanted to call them this word. That's not right. Producer Matt sat down with the, the, the guys at Last Word uh, Spurs podcast and, and got their thoughts on how Spurs might approach Monday's game and how that might go. And here that chat is... Opposition View. Hello, guys. This is Ricky Sachs here from The Last Word on Spurs. Hope you're all keeping safe and well out there. This is a preview for the No Name Never guys over at the Burnley podcast. Just wanted to give you my preview, my thoughts ahead of the game against Burnley to come on Monday in the Premier League. Never an easy place to go. I've got to say Turf Moor. It's never a happy hunting ground for Tottenham. We always tend to struggle there and we always get... A decent performance from a Burnley team that make life difficult. And I think Jose Mourinho in town, you know, even that atmosphere um, that once would have been there, obviously, if it wasn't for coronavirus and the regulations, I think that is one of the benefits that could massively help Tottenham not having a crowd there against Burnley because you do feel really intimidated as an away team going to Burnley by the pressure put on by the home fans. So I'm hoping from a Spurs perspective, I think not having those Burnley fans there, that Clara Army, the way they are, like I say, chanting the team along, it may benefit Tottenham. But um, I'm expecting a tough game. We know Burnley's threats. We know what they play to. We know the way in which Sean Dyer can adapt his teams. They're going to make life difficult. They're going to put men behind the ball. I think for Burnley, it's a game where... Listen, it's not been the greatest starts to their season. And they'll look at Tottenham and think if they can get a win, that could be the springboard to them getting off the mark. So Spurs, for me, we have to come out early. We cannot afford to start slow. I think one of the things we've seen recently with Tottenham is that we have started games ever so fast. And I'm hoping we'll be able to continue in this manner. Because, as I mentioned, Burnley, never an easy place to go. Obviously, the main vocal thing around Tottenham at the moment is the return of Gareth Bale. I think having seen Gareth now for a period of what over 100, 120 minutes or so, Gareth still needs fitness. He still needs games in his legs. Um, possibly we could see Gareth in this game. I wouldn't be surprised at all if Jose Mourinho would start him. Of course, Spurs, after what happened against West Ham, we are coming into this game off the back of a different kind of high now. We have got the win in the Europa League against um, Lask, who we defeated by three goals to nil. So there is an optimism. There's a confidence around Tottenham. And what I would say is that amongst Spurs fans, probably for the first time in a long, long time, there's this optimism that something special can be achieved. And that's as a Tottenham fan you've not always been able to say. But these players are playing with a confidence. They're playing with real desire, hunger, belief that something special is going to happen. I generally believe that. And, you know, you look at Tottenham's team from Lloris through to the fullbacks now. You've got Regulon in there. Of course, you've got Matt Doherty. You look at Spurs' midfield, the likes of Hoybier, Ndombele, Lo Celso, Mora, Lamella. Spurs have got so many options. And Deli Alley can't even get into Spurs' Premier League squad at the moment. So you look at Tottenham's squad in general, it's really, really impressive. There's real genuine competition now for places and every player knows they've got to perform, otherwise they'll be out the team. So I think from a Tottenham perspective, it's a real good opportunity to carry on the momentum. You know, you look at us in the Premier League, only the one defeat so far. Lots of draws, we need to change them into wins. But Spurs' away form have been pretty decent so far. Obviously gone to Manchester United and won the manner we did up there by six goals to one. 
You look at also the way we beat Southampton, you know, in such comprehensive style at St Mary's. There should be absolutely no reason why Tottenham are fearing at all going into this game. And I would just say from a Spurs perspective, I'm going to go for a 3-1 Tottenham win. I think Spurs have got the quality. They've got the ability to really go to Burnley and get the result. So I am going to predict a 3-1 win. I'm really sorry, guys. I don't see it being... An easy day at the at the office of Burnley. I think Spurs' quality will show too much on the day. And that's the reason why I'm going for that. But guys, keep safe, keep well. And I wish you the very best for the rest of the season, apart from this one. Interesting stuff, Dave. How are you feeling about Monday night? What's your gut telling me? Um, uh, nervous, I think. I've seen mm, quite a bit of Spurs same. this season and they've been, uh, from an attacking sense, certainly, um, uh, awesome from, from from that point of view, the way they took apart Manchester United the first half against West Ham. But the one, the plus side is, um, they did show against West Ham, they had a, maybe a soft underbelly and uh, West Ham came back and got the draw, didn't they? So, yeah, you know, there's, so there's, there's perhaps so very spurs Perhaps the possibility of uh, taking advantage of that, keeping it tight, not letting them score in the first half. And uh, if we can get the first goal, then it might be a different game. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I share your nerves with this one. I just think we're a, we're a team at the moment that's obviously had a very tricky start to the season. We don't look our usual selves. Um, we look a little bit out of sorts and we don't look like we are the fighters that we have been known to become. Um, we did manage to get a point away at West Brom. I think most of us were actually hoping for that to be a win rather than um, just a point. But at least we're off the board. We do have one point. Um, I, I feel awful and, and don't be sending me your hate listeners. But I just, at this moment in time, I cannot see us getting in in this game. Um, we're not scoring goals. We're not creating chances. And we're letting goals in. And, and like you say, facing a very slick attacking Spurs side, that is not a good combination. I certainly wouldn't feel particularly confident of overturning a 3-0 um, deficit, particularly in the 80th minute, like West Ham did. So, um, I'm really sorry to say, listeners, that I, I can't really see anything other than a loss at the moment. Um, Dave, quick prediction from you. I'm going to be more positive. I'm going to go for a draw. I think it might be two-two. You never say a loss. A loss, is, a draw is pretty much a loss for you. You just won't say a loss. When you say it's a draw, I know you don't think we're going to. We, we're not going to lose. Um, yeah, let us know what you think if you listen to this in advance of, of Monday's game, listeners. Um, you know how to get in touch with us. Usual channels. Um, yeah, if any of you out there, particularly if anybody out there feeling really confident and think we can get three points, then um, yeah, give us a shout. And of course, I think we, we found out as well that even um, today, Dave, even Eric Peters is doubtful. It's like Eric Peters is our cover at the moment. How is it? If he's not playing, we're in trouble. I could be right back. Then, then you will be worried. That's true. Um, yeah, so send, send us your thoughts, Burnley fans, and let us know if you are particularly um, enthusiastic about the chances of success on a Monday night. Fantasy Premier League update. Moving on to the second half of our show, Dave, we are, of course, delving into the known and ever Fantasy Premier League. What has been going on since we last spoke to our listeners, please? Well, we can give a top five update. There's been, uh, as I say, early in the season, we tend to have quite a lot of movement in the uh, table. And we have, uh, although we've got a non-mover at the top, we do have some movement elsewhere in the top five. So I'll give you the uh, countdown of the top five. Um, at number five, position five, we've got Dale Hitchen on 336 points. 
Uh, Craig Smith's down to position four on 345 points. Matthew Blackburn's up to third. I think he's been our leader earlier in the season. He's gone back up to third with 346. Uh, Joanne Butterworth, an impressive 95 points, has gone up to second place. And non-mover at number one is David Miller with 361. So there are top five managers uh, after five weeks. Excellent, excellent. So what else is new? What what else is going on in the fantasy football world? Well, I need, I need to let our listeners into a little bit of a secret here. Um, I had a, a message through at about 20 to 1 on uh, Saturday uh, from Natalie saying that uh, she'd forgotten to change her team again. <laughs> Which didn't work out Did? Didn't work out too that- badly. But you don't, I sent you that by direct message for a reason because that was supposed to be secret. My God, listeners, Dave's just like calling me out straight away. How you, you, is that for you? Just... Tweet, last time I did DM'd you, you, you tweeted it out to everyone. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> we'll call that a draw. But all all fair in fantasy football. I did. Listeners, I did forget to do my team this week. So, But, but it, didn't, didn't, it didn't go that badly for me. You went, you went up. You were I did. On, on the climb, up from uh, one place from 241st to 240th. So it's going in the right direction. You're not bottom any longer. Um, my mm. Burnley Stats team, helped by a couple of transfers, climbed 32 places up to 188th. However, those two players were Harry Kane and Hun Min Son, which does leave me with a bit of a dilemma ahead of our match on, uh, on Monday. Yeah, it really does. Mm. Uh, Richard Steele's another climber. Uh, he's up to 73rd position. He's the highest place manager from the rest of the No Name Never team. And he's just above last season's winner, our reigning champion, Bennett Howarth, who's climbed again. He's up to 76th position. Um, and I did have a scan through. I did mention Joanne Butterworth, who'd got 95 points, but I did manage to find one higher than that. Uh, the highest scoring manager in our league for last week seems to be Chris Stanworth, who got a very impressive 97 points. Excellent. Um, so what about the actual players themselves? Who were in the, who was in the team of the week this week? Uh, well, I think I'm right in saying that the first time this season we have a Burnley player in the team of the week. <gasps> uh, yeah, uh, that was Nick Pope with 11 points, got in as the high scoring goalkeeper. Um, he kept a clean sheet, as we know, got 11 points uh, overall. I think might be some bonus points in there as well. Uh, but the two players in the team uh, with the most points were Tottenham's Harry Kane, and Chelsea's uh, Timo Werner, they had 16 points each. Uh, if we want to run through the full team, we had uh, mm, Pope was the uh, goalkeeper. We had three defenders in there, Kilman for Wolves, uh, ex-Claret Michael Keane for Everton, uh, and Harry Maguire for Manchester United. Uh, and then in midfield, we had another couple of Manchester United players, uh, Rashford and Fernandez in there, along with uh, Son of Tottenham and uh, Ross Barkley for Aston Villa. And then we had up front, uh, well, mentioned uh, two of them already, Timo Werner, Harry Kane, and joining them was uh, Che Adams from Southampton. So they were our kings of game week five, the highest uh, 11 players. And if you'd have picked all those 11 players, you would have got 132 points. Wow. Excluding captains and bonuses, etc. So who's the highest scoring player overall for the season then? Uh, Harry Kane is the high scoring. He, he overtook, I think. I think it might have been um, uh, his teammate, uh, son, 
was was the high score. And now Harry Kane's overtaken him. He got 16 points last week. He's now on 60 points for the season today. So we'll be hoping to uh, peg him to that on uh, on Monday, not let him get too much further ahead. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're going to continue to try and keep you up to speed with all of the latest ups and downs in the known and ever fantasy Premier League and with news of what's going on in the league generally in our next preview show. Statman Dave's quiz question. And let's sign off then this week, Dave, with the quiz question. What are you setting our listeners as homework this week, please? Well, this week's quiz question relates to Burnley's meetings with Tottenham Hotspur in the League Cup competition. We've touched on that already earlier in the show. Uh, Burnley and Spurs have a long history of being drawn against each other in the League Cup. And as well as the memorable semi-final back in 2008-9, which we've spoke about, uh, the 1982-83 season resulted in Burnley knocking Spurs out of the competition at the quarter-final stage with a famous 4-1 win at White Hart Lane. This week's quiz question relates to a more recent match which took place at Turf Moor. So what we want to know is, in which season did Burnley knock Spurs out of the League Cup following a 2-1 win at Turf Moor? And how do our listeners submit their answers, Dave? Uh, Well, the best ways to get in touch are to tweet us or send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at NoNayNever. Email us podcast at net, or you can also reply to the post for the preview show on the No Near Never Facebook page. And I should add to that as the fourth way is actually on the website. There is a, a contact mm. at the bottom of the, uh, uh, the when you look on there for the latest podcast there's a section at the bottom for putting your comments on there as well so that's a, a fourth method which I should really add to this list for, for future because uh, people do do that as well. And we will give they do the, do that. Yeah. Although we'll, could I maybe slightly discourage our listeners <laughs> from doing that until I fix it because whenever people message us from the website directly we, it goes in our spam and it always takes me ages to find it and it doesn't always um show the listeners names as well so it's quite hard to give shout outs so maybe if you're not going to use facebook or twitter try and email us for now and, and i will it's on my to-do list listeners on my known and ever admin list that matt keeps kicking me about um to fix the link on the website which i will do um that's all we've got time for then this week listeners um we are of course going to be back on uh tuesday with the full analysis of that game uh monday night at home to spurs and god knows how that's going to go but the whole team will be back on um tuesday to to discuss that and then dave and i will be back next friday previewing dave uh the home game against chelsea which is a saturday three o'clock kickoff Excellent. Now, before we go this week, can we also just give a very quick shout out to the initiative that is doing the rounds at the moment? You'll know from the the, the podcast and from a few tweets we've been setting out there some hostility towards the Premier League's decision to um, issue some games on a pay-per-view basis. Um, some fans, uh, and, and Burnley particularly, are directing fans who um, don't necessarily want to pay £14.95 to watch the games but do have the means to use that money for a better cause um, to donate their pay-per-view fee to the um, Burnley and the Community Food Bank. Um, Dave, why don't you just talk us through what happened this weekend with that? Well, yeah, I mean, other clubs did it. The um, I think Newcastle had uh, raised quite a bit of money um, publicising that on social media and other channels over the weekend. Uh, Manchester United did the same. Um, and it did seem to take off. There's been a link that's been uh, active for a while. When the 
um, food bank couldn't do the match day collection uh, collections. You know, they have the collections around the ground, which we promoted on the the podcast previously, um, which are run by the uh, supporters groups. Uh, what happened was that they put a, a just giving link out there, so people could make. Uh, cash donations or card donations online uh, via just giving site and that had done really well for i think they'd raised just over twenty thousand pounds already uh, but an extra i think around about an extra five thousand pounds have been uh, donated over the course of well since sun sunday so sort of 24 hours in the lead up to the um the game on monday and then little bits after that but certainly around that 24 48 pit hour period around the match there was uh, some significant donations coming through, which was uh, good to see. And as I say, they do have a, a Just Giving page, which we can promote on here. Um, the website is justgiving.com forward slash campaign forward slash, all one word, support Burnley Food Bank. Or if you go to the uh, BSC in the community kitchen Twitter feed, and they've obviously got other social media as well, you can uh, you can get the details from there. But it's a, a very good um, organisation helping the community, uh, local community, um, in difficult times, and it's um, got some very good, good donations in the last uh, in the last week. Excellent, yeah, I do. Uh, that's a really great initiative. So, if anybody does have any um, spare cash, listen, guys, we appreciate that this is this is troubling times at the moment. It's obviously a very difficult um, period, so um, there's obviously no pressure whatsoever. It goes without saying that um, it's only if you have the means and you have the ability to donate and you want to help um, the community food bank. Then, obviously, please do use that link and donate what you can. Um, my thanks as ever this week go to producer Matt for. Um, putting this all together and getting it out there for you to listen to um and of course my main thanks go to dave roberts who puts just an incredible amount of effort into the preview show and makes it the pleasure and the delight that it is so thank you dave um thanks finally to you the listeners for downloading and listening to the preview show your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you um i've been natalie bromley he's been dave roberts this has been the preview show brought to you by the known and ever podcast The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.